Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening to all of you, wherever you are in this world. You're listening to Clef Signs. I'm Captain Keith, and today's new episode is on the concert film from Aretha Franklin called Amazing Grace. Uh, this film was actually recorded in uh, 1972. So the story goes is by 1971, Aretha Franklin had recorded over 20 albums, won five Grammys, and had 11 consecutive number one pop and R&B singles. Singles like Daydreaming, uh, Baby I Love You, Respect, I Say a Little Prayer, You Make Me Feel Like a Natural Woman, Sweet Sweet Baby, Since You've Been Gone, Bridge Over Troubled Water, I Think, I Never, I never Loved a Man, uh, the way I love you in Spanish Harlem. So she had all that going on. She had conquered the pop and R&B singles charts with all those hits. So in January of 1972, Aretha decided to do something different. She came to Los Angeles to record an album of music uh, that she sang in her youth. Aretha Franklin grew up in the church singing gospel music. Her father is the famous world-renowned Reverend C.L. Franklin. So, you know, and you find out, and when it comes to a lot of soul singers today, a lot of them have their background in the church. Um, a lot of them get their start there. Uh, so that's nothing really new. I mean, that's almost like a that's basically like it's a foundation and almost a prerequisite <laughs> to be a great soul singer. I say almost prerequisite. You don't have to be singing in church to be a great singer, but it does not hurt at all. So when the film opens up, it's like a close-up of cars from the 70s driving through the streets of Los Angeles. Uh, so that's cool. Back then, the you know, the cars built in the 70s, the bodies uh, for those cars were a lot sturdier back then versus now. They're like made of steel. So, you know, they were hard to bend. So <laughs> just a little sidebar for you there. So the gospel concert was courted at uh, the Missionary Baptist Church headed by Reverend James Cleveland and the Southern California Community Choir, uh, which is like the most famous group in gospel music at that time. So Reverend James Cleveland is very well renowned as a gospel singer and leader and the Southern California Community Choir, very famous as well. So Miss Franklin decided that she uh, wanted to record a gospel album in a church. So I thought that was pretty cool. She brought her band, which is comprised of drummer Bernard Purdy, guitarist Cornell Dupree, bassist Chuck Rainey, and record producers Jerry Wexler and, and Arif Martin, or Arif, I'm not sure if I'm saying his name right. This church concert basically was recorded live over two nights. It's just a regular church night. <laughs> and they're having service or mass, as the Catholics would say. And uh, Aretha Franklin just happens to be there singing. <laughs> so... I give the director credit for uh, providing and setting up that ambiance uh, in regards to this, this this movie. And this is a one-of-a-kind film. I've never seen a movie that was a church concert slash uh, music film, music concert film, concert music film. It's, it's you know, I've never seen that combination like that. I'm sure there's other gospel films and concert films, but you know, this is the first one that I've seen like this myself or one that got my attention. I, you know, but I'm an Aretha Franklin fan. I mean... I'm from Detroit. She's from Detroit. Say no more. Yeah. (laughs) Much love to the queen. Yes. 
the queen really is dead, yes. And her name was Aretha Franklin. So may she rest in peace and power. Be that as it may, getting back to the film. As I said before, it's recorded live uh, over two nights. It was really fun to watch. Now, mind you, I've always been, um, I've never been a, a traditional gospel fan. Um, I have respect for the uh, for the music and the genre. I've always favored more of the contemporary gospel, like Take Six and Tone and Commissioned. And that was always more of my type of, uh, more of my speed. But we'll get into that and what, I, and, and what I came to, what conclusion I came to after watching this film at the end of the podcast. So... Sidney Pollack was hired uh, by Warner Brother Films to document the recordings. So, if you know, and Sidney Pollack is a director uh, who went on to become a two-time Academy Award winner. Uh, he directed and produced over 40 films to his credit, which include Tootsie, starring Dustin Hoffman, Michael Clayton, starring George Clooney. He finished Stanley Kubrick's last film, Eyes Wide Shut, starring Tom Cruise and Nicole Kidman. He did Out of Africa with Meryl Streep and Robert Redford. The Firm, starring Tom Cruise. Absence of Malice, starring Paul Newman and Sally Field. Three Days of the Condor, The Way We Were, starring Barbara Streisand and Robert Redford. I still need to watch that film. I hear it's like a classic, so I need to get on that, yeah. The Slender Thread, starring Sidney Poitier and Anne Bancroft, and many more. So yeah, he went on to be huge. So it's just interesting. You see this young Sidney Pollack in 72 directing, you know, a young Aretha Franklin. Um, the next shot um, is a side profile of Reverend James Cleveland, uh, who was standing in front of the piano while going over the sheet music for the gospel recording and concert this evening uh, that would be going on in this church. You know, he's the most famous figure in contemporary gospel, as I said before, along with his group. I want to make sure you hear me when I say this. The choir is conducted by an Alexander Hamilton. Yes, good people of the planet Earth and the known universe, you heard me correctly. Alexander Hamilton direct, you know, was the choir director in 1972. And he does not look like the one on the $10 bill. He does not like the man on the $10 bill, not at all. <laughs> Reverend James Cleveland emcees the evening and welcomes everyone to the church uh, in the film. Let's them all know that Aretha Franklin is performing tonight and that Aretha Franklin can sing anything that he <laughs> and that he is happy that she is singing gospel music for this occasion. Uh, and the first night uh, of, of the filming, the church is definitely packed. So, which is really cool. Now, they don't say if this was on a Sunday or it's just, I kind of felt like this was like sometime during the week. But, you know, I never got that information. Uh, <laughs> to ask. <laughs> Almost as if it's like a surprise concert. And when uh, and the, um, the opening scene or the scene before you, they get into the church is a big sign talking about how they're about to make uh, to film a movie, to, uh, to film this you know to film this evening in the church and what the you know what the orders are and, and all those things and disclaimers and all that information. So that was cool to see. So the Southern California Community Choir comes out first after Reverend James Cleveland, you know, announces that Rita Franklin is singing tonight. They come out first, uh, slowly and single filed as they sing while coming out. Uh, and the Reverend sings lead vocal as they accompany him. And um, all I could hear was, we're on our way to a land. 
I'm not sure if that's the name of the song, but that's what stuck out uh, as they were singing and, you know, marching single file down the aisle. Aretha Franklin gets introduced and comes out to a standing ovation, of course, looking amazing with her beautiful natural afro. Uh, The first song she plays is a song that Marvin Gaye did, originally called Holy Holy, and that's spelled uh, W-H-O-L-L-Y and then H-O-L-Y. Aretha sings the song while playing the piano, and she just sounds amazing. Pun intended. Amazing Grace, she sounds amazing. Yes, yes, I'm going there. (laughs) The film definitely has a majestic 70s feel and look, and I love it. Her singing throughout this film is timeless. The same with the Southern California Community Choir and Reverend James Cleveland. This was my first time actually seeing Reverend James Cleveland and his choir. So this this was a cool experience for me. Um, Reverend James Cleveland has been considered uh, the king of gospel. He's also the man, apparently, who taught a nine-year-old Aretha Franklin how to sing gospel music and inspired other artists as well. When Aretha Franklin performs uh, the song, How I Got Over, the scene starts from her church rehearsal and then it seamlessly sinks in with her actual performance from the first night. So now I had to watch this film set, uh, twice. The first time I just watched it to watch it. And after I saw it, I said, okay, well, I definitely want to do a podcast episode on this. So I watched it for a second time so I could take my notes. And I didn't catch it until the second time. So that's, that's you know, it is true. When you watch a, the same movie a second and third time, there are things that you catch that you didn't catch before. So and maybe it's because you're, you know, your brain is soaking up more. It's already soaked in the initial view of it. So now it's just soaking up the things that you just missed, you know, which makes sense. But it was really cool. I really didn't realize until the second viewing of this show, of this film, that the How I Got Over scene was first with her rehearsing it with the band. And mind you, when she's rehearsing with the choir and the band, it's it the rehearsal sounds like the live concert. So, and for Sidney Pollack and Alan Elliott to sync that rehearsal, because, uh, and the only, only way I knew it was two different takes was because of her change, her, 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 the change of clothes that she had on. But the seamless transition was amazing. I really was impressed with how they did that. It was really cool. Uh, so shout out to Sidney Pollack, may he rest in peace, uh, the editor and Alan Elliott who restored the film. I really enjoyed watching her perform Precious Memories too with Reverend James Cleveland. That was another uh, a nice moment um, that I had watching this film. Now, What a Friend We Have in Jesus is another one of my favorite performances as well. This concert film is amazing because it just feels like a regular evening, like I said before, at this particular church. Um, and um, I mean, yeah, it's with the Queen of Soul performing gospel music. And I gotta tell you too, uh, the director would capture scenes up close of like Aretha's face where she's sweating and not missing a beat and same with James Cleveland. And I thought that was amazing. Cause you know, if you go to a regular, you know, if you go to a, 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 a concert of secular music, anything that's not religious, whether it's rock or R&B or hip hop or blues or country, a lot of times when the singer's on stage, they start sweating, they, you know, they wipe themselves down, they take a drink. I think Rita had a drink of water one time, but talk about just being a consummate professional, all everyone you know who performed that evening, because uh, 
yeah, it was it was amazing to watch. Now, I was surprised that I'm like, how are you not distracted by all that sweat in your face right now? And she and she was amazing. She, you know, she was she was just great. It was just really cool. It was really really interesting. But of course, like you know, churches can get it kind of hot, especially if you don't have the air conditioning on. So I get it, especially when you start singing. Even if the air is on and you're singing, you know, yeah, it can get hot. It can get real hot when you're performing. So it, it makes sense. But I just wanted to mention that, you know, that it, it was really cool, Mary, um, just to see how. Uh, how poised everyone is during their performance. You can see how visibly moved the church and crowd are and the choir by Aretha's singing of Amazing Grace. Uh, I mean, you really do. Parts of the church crowd and the choir start standing up on and off uh, doing her solo performance of the song with just the church organ backing her up. And it looks like Reverend James Cleveland was so moved by her singing that... um, he was like crying into his handkerchief, um, kneeled over, kneeled over with her, covering his face. I was like, wow. I mean, this is the reverend of the church, you know, who's assistant the choir director. This is his church, and he's, yeah, he was moved. I mean, and I guess I forgot that gospel music can really do that to people. It can really, especially when you're there, uh, people can, you know, any good music can move anyone for different reasons. But watching that scene and seeing how the director, Sidney Pollack, captured that was awesome. I mean, he, yeah, I, I understand why he's an Academy Award-winning director and why he, uh, his body of work, why he was uh, a famous man, a famous director. I, I get it. Just by watching this one film um, and, and the certain scenes that he captured, very cool. But yeah, it was very moving to see the Reverend, you know, with his face down, the handkerchief, just, you could tell he was, he was just, he was weeping because he was so moved by Amazing Grace. And that's, you know, that is an all-time gospel classic. Come on, I mean, everyone kind of, everyone's heard that song. Yeah, whether you're, into, whether you're you know, religious or not, you've heard that song. <laughs> so um, once he um, uh, resumes his composure, he proceeds to get up, uh, put his jacket back on and uh, direct the choir, who at this point accompanied her for, you know, for a part of the song towards the end. So now mind you, the choir is sitting behind her, listening to her sing and they're and watching all of them, they're just moved. You know, they're you know Yes, they're moved because Aretha Franklin's in their church, but they're moved because they're listening to a great singer do gospel music. And it just you could tell it struck a chord with everyone uh in the choir and everyone within the church. Definitely. So so that, I mean that was a cool scene. The second evening opens up with Aretha singing, Mary, Don't You Weep. The church is even more packed because by this time, everyone knows that she's in town recording her gospel album. I'm pretty sure Secret got out. There are a few surprise guests in the audience that will that you'll get a kick out of, of, of seeing when you do. Uh, I know I was surprised when I saw them. I did not expect to see them at this type of concert. It was quite a pleasant surprise is, is all I will say about it. They have to watch it to see who I'm talking about to find out who those special people were in the audience. And of course, the whole audience is special, but the, the celebrities, that's all I'll say. Uh, the reason this, so this film that we're talking about actually did not get released uh, after the completion of it. Surprisingly, this film was done in 1972, so that's like 
49 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> yeah, 49 years ago. So it did not get released. The reason this concert film never came out until 2019, even though it was recorded in 1972, is because Sidney Pollack, who really captured the essence of the live recording and performance in the church, failed to capture the film, uh, the film takes with the clapperboard which means that back in the 70s, it was impossible to synchronize the audio with the images unless you were doing it at the same time. If you didn't do it at the same time, it was a wash. So you ask what the clapperboard is? Could people of the planet Earth in a known universe? A clapperboard, also known by various other names, including dump slate, is a device used in filmmaking and video production to assist in synchronizing a picture and sound and to designate and mark the various scenes and takes as they are filmed and audio recorded. It is, it is operated by the clap loader. It makes the editor's life uh, much easier. You know how you've ever seen a music video and you see a person with that black and white frame board and they say, take two, click. That's the clapper board. So what we didn't know, what I didn't know until after watching this film and doing my research, is that when they use that clapperboard, that means, okay, now we're syncing everything together. I just thought this means action rolling. So when that clapperboard makes that closing noise, that closing sound, and the person says, take 55,000, take one or two, and they hit it, everything's in sync now. So the audio and the video is in sync and they're recording. So now if you're not doing that, that can cause an issue. So for 49, so, for over 40 years, that film was in limbo because of that situation. So before Sidney Pollack died in 2008, he gave his blessing to producer Alan Elliott to try and finish the film. Elliott actually mortgaged his own house to buy the negative uh, film, the negatives from Warner Brothers without knowing about the synchronization issue. So, <laughs> so Warner Brothers like, yeah, here, you can have it. And they didn't say a word about what you know the issue. Perhaps if they did, you know, he would have demanded to spend less money on it. So who knows? Who knows what happened? Maybe it was an oversight. Maybe it wasn't. Hmm. Would like to know that one though. Once Alan received the raw footage, you know, he also became the co-director. Um, it says realized and produced by Alan Elliott. So. You know, so he became the co-director with Sidney Pollack due to the fact that all of the footage was still intact. He started from the beginning and just focused on the Queen of Souls performance throughout the film, along with the Southern California Community Choir and Reverend James Cleveland. And of course, Alexander Hamilton's choir direction. So now speaking of Alexander Hamilton or this man who is nothing like the one on a $10 bill in America, American currency. This particular Alexander Hamilton, who was, who looks nothing once again like the man on the $10 bill in America, he went on to become Reverend Dr. Alexander Hamilton, who went on later to play, conduct, and arrange scores for Lola Falana, Last Night in the Pips, Lou Rawls, the Staple Singers, Sammy Davis Jr., Liza Minnelli, Natalie Cole, Etta James, Bessie Griffin, Shirley Caesar, and Mahalia Jackson. He also co-wrote the gospel hit 
He's a miracle worker with Eddie Kendricks. For 45 years, Reverend Dr. Alexander Hamilton also served as the director of the Voices of Inspiration Community Choir and the New Generation Singers and the Emmanuel Gospel Community Choir. So I think that's very cool. Good stuff to know about him. Aretha Franklin is also producer of this film as well as the gospel album itself. If you've never heard Aretha Franklin sing before, once you watch this film, you will understand why she is the Queen of Soul. So this film later on became distributed by um, Spike Lee's 40 Acres and the Mule uh, film company, production company. Also, even though the film didn't come out in the 70s and it didn't come out to like 2019, a year after Aretha Franklin died, her gospel album did get released and it's the largest selling gospel album of all time, which is really cool. When you watch this film, you it's like you're sitting there in the church with Aretha Franklin and Reverend James Cleveland and the Southern California Community Choir and, and Alexander Hamilton. It's like you're there with them. Uh, they, the director, Sidney Pollock, pulls you in and it's, it's, a, great, it's a great performance. Uh, there's some um, some guest speakers, you, you know, or so you have to check that out and see who that, who, who that is. And some other, there's some other people, uh, influences of Aretha, who you get to find out when you watch it. Yeah, it's, 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 good, it's good stuff to see. The ending credits are pretty cool too. I would encourage you to watch uh, to see what you uh, to see what other just to watch any credits because there's more footage for you to see. That's all I'll say about that. So, as I said to you earlier in the podcast, I was never a big traditional gospel fan, but after watching this film, you know, I really enjoyed the concert that I saw um, from both nights. And so now we found out too that Sidney Pollock may have he may have done an interview with Aretha Franklin and other people, but when Alan, when Alan Elliott, the producer, had to restore and realize this film, he just focused on 90 minutes of the pure performance in the church. And he did a great job with it. I'm glad it finally came out. It was really cool to watch. Um, I found myself, um, I, went, I ran out and I bought the gospel album. So it's the first traditional gospel album I've ever bought. Like I said before, you know, I'm more of a, I've always been more of a take six and tone eight kind of guy. But uh, I like it. So any other Aretha Franklin gospel music she does, I'm gonna get that too. Uh, of course, I love all of her soul stuff. But yeah, I, you know, I really enjoyed the film. And yeah, it's it's made in the '70s, but it's 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 still timeless. And when you see how young uh, they all were, and how vibrant. Yeah, the, the film leaps out in that way. Once again, it's called Amazing Grace. It's the gospel film concert from Aretha Franklin. She, you know, being the maverick that she is, as the queen of soul, conquering the top 40 R&B pop and singles charts. She decided she wanted to change the game and do something different and go back to her roots. And uh, it was really cool to, to, to see her uh, in her glory. Uh, and to see how moved she was, and you just, her voice is just, it's just otherworldly. Yeah. Queen of soul indeed. Yes. So it, I definitely recommend this concert film, Amazing Grace. Um, I've seen it on DVD, but I don't know if it's on Blu-ray. I have to check into that. Um, but I will be purchasing it because um, it, it, it's worth having in your collection. It's worth watching. So and even if you're not into gospel, if you're into good music and into seeing a, a performer sing with so much conviction, 
you'll enjoy this movie. Definitely. So I definitely want to encourage you guys to check it out. On a scale from 1 to 10, with 1 being the worst and 10 being the best, I give this film a 10. 10 out of 10. Yeah. Aretha Franklin, Amazing Grace. And uh, directed by Sidney Pollack. Co-directed, realized, brought to life, and produced by Alan Elliott. And distributed by Spike Lee's 40 Acres and a Mule uh, Film Productions. And yes, good people of planet Earth, there'll be more Aretha coming. You know, I still have to review the Genius series that started Cynthia Erivo. And then uh, soon enough, Jennifer Hudson's movie, a biopic um, of respect, that'll be coming out soon too. So I'm going to get to all that, but I definitely wanted to talk about Amazing Grace first before I got into the Genius series with Cynthia Erivo. So I want you guys to know about this record and this movie. Good people of the planet Earth and the known universe, thank you for listening. I hope you had a good time. I know that I did. Appreciate you all. So much love. If you like and, and have enjoyed what you've heard today, please hit uh, like or subscribe and, and or favorite. want to tell you that the Amazing Grace film and live concert footage was actually recorded at the New Temple Missionary Baptist Church in Southern Los Angeles, California. Once again, that's the New Temple Missionary Baptist Church in Southern Los Angeles, California, you know, along with Reverend James Cleveland and the Southern California Community Choir. And of course, uh, <laughs> Alexander Hamilton. Good people of the planet Earth and the known universe, thank you again for listening. As always, much love to you. And until next time, see you somewhere out in space.